0: Sharp angle shots, hey, rebounds loose, they score! Keeper bellows, goals in four straight games! What a goal for Oliver Wallstrom, a highlight reel, tally, cross-size pass, Wotherspoon scores! This is a production of the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, proud American Hockey League affiliate of the New York Islanders. On for the return pass, extended Simon Holmstrom, he tracks, shoots, he scores! First in North America for Simon Holmstrom. I'm head coach Brent Thompson, and this is Sound Tigers Hockey. Hey Sound Tigers fans, welcome to the show for Tuesday, March the 30th, 2021. I'm Alan Fearing, this is Sound Up. Sound Tigers team podcast for this 2020-2021 season. Got a great show for you today. Ken Appleby is with us. He's a sixth-year goaltender, but a first-year Sound Tiger who made his debut back on March the 18th with the Sound Tigers against the Hartford Wolfpack, a 4-3 overtime win in that game But Ken Appleby, a guy who spent a lot of time in the American Hockey League, a former New Jersey Devils prospect, uh, a lot of time in the ECHL as well, and three games with New Jersey in the NHL, making his debut back in 2018. A lot to talk about with him, including some relationships from the past that now resurface with the Sound Tigers, including Seth Helgeson, the team captain, and also Mitch Van uh, one of the Sound Tigers' key defensemen, and a New York Islanders prospect, Well, lately things have been rough again for the Sound Tigers and uh, the New York Islanders farm team, a 5-2 setback in their only game last weekend. That was up at the XL Center in Hartford, a 5-2 loss. And now through four games in that season series, the home team has won every one of them. That season series is even at two wins apiece. Sound Tigers get Hartford at home this Friday, though, so they'll try to continue that trend and pick up their third win in five games against Hartford this year. Prior to that, they've got a game on Wednesday against Providence, another home game at Webster Bank Arena, and again last weekend wasn't too friendly for the Sound Tigers. They allowed a couple of power play goals early on, and also a shorthanded goal in the second period. They were down three nothing, and that was the case until Cole Bardrow scored twice. He became the first Sound Tiger this season to score multiple goals in the same game, and. Because of those two goals, including one just 12 seconds into the third period, that kept the game close all the way through the middle stages of the third. Hartford got two more goals late, one at 5-2. to And so the Sound Tigers 3-8-0 in their first 11 games of this season. They'll try to turn things around and get back in the win column this week at home. Ken Appleby has only played in one of those games for the Sound Tigers this year because Jakob Skark, the Islanders' prospect, has been in net for seven of the first 11 games. C.J. Mott has also played in three contests, and uh, the fourth goalie at one point on the Sound Tigers roster was Francis Murat, a rookie out of Clarkson University. He's actually been loaned to the ECHL and to the Allen Americans, more specifically. On Friday, he was loaned there, and he made his ECHL debut that night in a pretty good effort, 27 saves in a 5-2 win over Rapid City. So Murat playing well in the ECHL to start his career there. And the Sound Tigers, without him, now have three goalies on their roster again. One of them is Ken Appleby, and uh, we'll see if he's in net at any point this week or in the near future. But uh, you know what a guy he is. What a career he's already had. He's in his sixth professional season. And nothing quite like this. Like everybody else, he's going through these unusual times, and we bring him in now. And, uh, Ken, thanks so much for joining us. I'm curious, first of all, fill in the blank for me. This season has been different. <laughs> That's a good word. That's good.
1: I mean, in, in all aspects of, um, just going to the rink every day, like in the morning, how all of our arrival times are spaced out, um, just to keep the traffic kind of low in the change room. And, uh, you know, and then just all the procedures, you know, masks everywhere we go, um, Fortunately, uh what they've done here with us has been, I think it's been a great system where when, when it comes to, you know, food delivery, they don't want us going out as much. So I think that's been a great, um, you know, a great thing that they have going for us. And I, I know a lot of guys appreciate it and I've definitely appreciated it too. It, you know, minimizes my risk, but yeah, obviously, you know, we're not the only ones going through different times here and uh, you, you just got to kind of be fortunate for, or uh, appreciative that we were able to even play hockey this year. So it's been different, but um, you know, it's it's just nice to be back here and playing games.
0: Well, that's great to look at the big picture there and talk about, you know, it means a lot to your real life and everything and minimizing risk and everything. But at the end of the day, you get to play hockey, which is what it's all about. And uh, I mean, you also brought up the fact that you guys get groceries delivered. Not a lot of teams do that, especially at this level. And, And in these times, you know, the sound tigers, the New York Islanders really taking care of you guys. I mean, you, you guys are pretty much either at the rink or at your residence, right? You're not going to the grocery stores. You're not going to the mall, nothing outside of the rink and your living space. Yeah. I mean, going into this,
1: uh, I kind of, you know, we had all these zoom calls throughout um, the off season leading up to, you know, this season and um, they kind of laid everything on, like laid everything out and told us, you know, we're going to try and minimize risk as much as possible and do everything that they can on their end to, you know, help us out um, so that we don't have to, you know, expose ourselves. And um, I think they've done a great job. Uh, You know, I've been very impressed uh, with, what the organization has done. And, uh, yeah, like I said, it's been, a, it's been a great system that they've had going for us.
0: You've been a pro hockey player ever since 2015. So many years now, have you ever used zoom this much?
1: <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I was kind of late to it too. I was, <laughs> when uh, when qu- this whole quarantine and everything started, uh, you know, you saw everyone was doing their classes or, uh, work, work calls over zoom. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if I'm ever going to have to use that. And sure enough, you know, Start, we started, once I signed and we started having all these Zoom calls, I was very, uh, I was very confused. I wasn't very used to it at all. Um, still not, honestly, you know, it's still a little, uh, <laughs> I'm still a little shy to press that unmute button, but.
0: We all are. I, t- I talk for a living and I, I hate doing that too. And I mean, I'm 31, so I'm a few years older than you. I'm in the same boat. I went through all the way through, you know, high school, college. I never used Zoom at all. And now all of a sudden, I mean, I probably have three a day and that's a a light day.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, getting up in front of the class and, and doing a presentation, which I was never really, uh, fond of, but, um, yeah, no, it's, this is definitely the most I've ever used Zoom FaceTime,
0: you know, any of the, any of those things. Well, you were so accurate when you said that this year has been different because it all boils down to that, you know, unique, different for you. Last summer, trying to stay in shape, you know, I I read an article um, in preparing for this interview about uh, how you were at home in North Bay, Ontario, and all the rinks were closed. There wasn't a lot of ice available. You had to find other ways to stay in shape and stay fit. What did you do to make that time go by and not only make it go by, but do so productively?
1: Um. I did a lot of we did a lot of uh, I guess I guess you can call it like unconventional things um I was fortunate enough to be friends with uh a one of the other there's a there's a goalie back home from my hometown and his dad's a uh OPP officer who, who runs the um uh training facility for the officers and um with everything kind of being shut down they had no use for their big gym so we we were able to set up kind of like a shooting range in the gym where it was just a couple of us and um, I would get fully suited up in my gear Uh, I'd wear rollerblades or, or, or or steel toe boots to protect the toes. And we would just sit there and have someone shoot pucks at us. And, you know, that was, there was no ice in at my hometown. So that was just our way of, you know, seeing pucks and seeing shots. And it was like that for, a couple of months. And while, while that was going on too, um, I, when I first moved home, I moved in with my parents before uh, recently buying a house. And then, uh, I, I, am sure they, I know they, they weren't too fond of it, especially my dad, cause I was taking up a lot of his garage space, but I turned his garage into a little home gym because obviously all the gyms were closed too. So, you know, it, it was very, like I said, different going back to that word. Um, this off season, just, just training, but I like to think you know I made the most of it, and you're just kind of you just kind of gotta work with what you've got and and work with the hand you're dealt. So I think uh, you know we, we, we did that this summer.
0: You know, last year prior to the shutdown, you were on an AHL contract with Milwaukee. Over this off season, you signed with the Sound Tigers an AHL debut just uh, deal just before we got going, and uh, you made your your Sound Tigers debut just uh, a few weeks ago. But I'm curious over the off season when you agreed to that deal with Bridgeport, what factored into that decision?
1: You know, there's a there's a few things. I I know Chris from when he was part of the Devils organization who was the team that I um, initially signed my entry-level deal with and um, you know there was Lou uh, Lou Lamarillo was there I think my first year for a little bit Um, so I mean and then of course working with um, Chris Terreri T-Bone I got to work with him a little bit as well when when I was with the Devils organization so just like a lot of familiar faces which was kind of nice you know when you when you come to a new organization there's a lot of new faces and and a lot of unknowns and to, you know, kind of join an organization who, you know, you're familiar with some, some of the people there in them. And, um, you know, you're, you're joining an organization who they, they're very good people and they treat you well. Um, I think, I think that factored into it big time. And then of course, um, just seeing, you know, big picture, um, their goal goalie, like development, program that they have here, um, with, you know, starting with Mitch Korn and everyone else. Um, I think it was a great opportunity to, uh, be able to work with them and work with, you know, what they're doing here. If you look at, um, you know, previous goalies who they've worked with in the past, um, if you're just looking at the Islanders like Varlamov or, or Leonard, um, they were all able to get great results out of them. And if you say turn, turn their season around or, but, um, you know, they were definitely able to help them out. And that's something that Chris talked to me about. And um, I was just very excited to get the call from them and, and very fortunate to be here, honestly.
0: You brought up T-Bone, Chris Terreri, which not a lot of people know him well because he's a guy who likes to stay, you know, in the background, behind the scenes and really just concentrate and focus on, you know, you guys, you, uh, Jakub Shkarak, CJ Mott, the other guys who are here with the Sound Tigers now. But, uh, you know, he's a character behind the scenes. I'm curious to know your guys' relationship going even back to the New Jersey Devils organization days.
1: Yeah, no, it, uh, he's, he's a great guy. He's, he's, <laughs> he's awesome to have around. Um, and then obviously, of course, uh, you know, him just playing, obviously playing a very good like having a very long career in the NHL and being, you know, having been in our position, he he understands what we go through on a daily basis and he's able to relate. So, um, you know, he's awesome to have around He keeps it light. And obviously, like, like you said, he's just, you know, keeps to himself, but uh, treats his guys very well and um you know that's that's all you can ask for he works as hard um sometimes you know I wish i took took it a little bit easier on us but you know, it, <laughs> it, it's uh it's all like just to make us better and that's what you got to look at it for and that's what that's why i really enjoy working with them too so
0: you played against Bridgeport, I looked back, five different times, either with Albany or Binghamton, prior to coming to this organization. Now, of course, you're playing in Bridgeport's crease. What do you remember about playing against a Brent Thompson-led club before you came here?
1: I just remember it being not very fun coming here. Uh, <laughs> for for whatever reason. I, I remember them having very good teams, and like you said, that was a little – Um, that was a little while ago, but I remember them having very hard teams to play against. And it was never very fun because you knew that they were going to play you hard and they were going to hit you and they were going to forecheck you very hard. So every game from what I remember is them just being battles. I think I got my, I think I had my first career HL start here against them in Bridgeport. I think if I'm not mistaken, we'll look back. Yeah, we'll have to look back at that. I could be very wrong, but um, but I remember it going badly.
0: <laughs> that's all. That's all I know.
1: But yeah, no. Like I said, just very
0: tough games against him. We'll we'll look it up real quick. You'll get the answer here in the next couple of minutes. In the meantime, you made your Sound Tigers debut back on March the 18th uh, against the Hartford Wolfpack. Got a win in that game, a 4-3 overtime win. Uh, of course, Otto Quayle scored the winner in that one. You outdo uh New York Rangers prospect Tyler Wall in that one. To start the year anyway, Keith Kincaid played the first two games for Hartford. Um, He's since been recalled to the taxi squad there, but he's the guy that you relieved to make your NHL debut back uh, in 2018, game against the Philadelphia Flyers. How much were you hoping that you got to play against Keith Kincaid in your Sound Tigers debut?
1: Yeah, well, when I first – since I joined the team late, um, I first came down and they played a game on the road against Hartford, and I was able to – watched the game when they were in Hartford, um, during my quarantine. And I, I hadn't, I hadn't known that he had signed or I forgot that he signed with, uh, New York and that he was down here in Hartford. And I was like, Oh, that's funny. Kincaid's down here. And then I thought a little deeper into it. And I was like, that'd be funny to, to Mm -hmm. play against them. You know, as opposed to you know, backing them up or, or being on the same team together. I I didn't really put much thought into it, but it would have been very cool though. Um, you know, he, uh, I mean, we weren't like very close, but I mean, whenever you play with uh, with a goalie, it's always fun to kind of duel them or get a win against them or whatever. It would have been very, very, would have been a cool experience for sure.
0: Yeah, you you played three NHL games with New Jersey. Um, came in in relief of Keith Kincaid back on January the twentieth, two thousand eighteen. Um, you also got uh, a starting there against Nashville. Obviously, that that's the top of the hockey world, the National Hockey League. You've reached that uh, that pinnacle, looking to get back there. What do you remember about those those three games? I mean, obviously, as a fan, you love to see guys come through the system, come through the ECHL, the AHL, and get there. And the fans are almost just as happy as you are to get there. But you know, for you, I, I imagine you know that first phone call uh, sent off a lot of different emotions, and then actually getting there, being around NHL teammates and playing—it's got to be something special.
1: Yeah, um, like you said, a lot of different emotions. Um, but no, it was definitely something special. I mean, growing up. Um, in a small town in Canada, that's pretty much all you grow up knowing. If you're, you're tossed on skates at three years old, four years old, and, you know, you watch the Leafs or whoever it was uh, every day or every Saturday night, uh, growing up with your, your family and, you know, you just hope to make it there one day. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to be able to get that call up and be able to get a little bit of time in there. And I just, I tried to really just soak it all in and, um, and enjoy the experience. Um, it was very nerve-wracking time, but um, it, you know, it was it was awesome. I still look back on it, and um, I really uh, am thankful for the opportunity that they gave me. Uh, obviously, I hope to get back there someday. And I think now, getting that little bit of time in there, I'll be a little bit more prepared um, as opposed to when you know back in 2018 when I was a little younger. Um, but um, yeah, like you said, it was it was a very special moment for me and something I won't forget.
0: By the way, as you were finishing that up, I did look back. Yes, your AHL debut against the Sound Tigers in Bridgeport uh, with Albany uh, in that game. So you're spot on. Your your memory serves you correct. What was it, like a 4-1 game or 3-1? Yeah, I mean, you only faced 20 shots and it wasn't a lot uh, going against you. Yeah, it was a 4-1 final score. Yeah. yeah, there we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Hey, more with Ken Appleby in just a moment. First, though, we're going to turn to our stat of the week. Let me give you a little education, mister. They've done studies, you know.
1: 60% of the time, it works every time.
0: Today's March the 30th of 2021, which means 21 years ago from this past Sunday was March the 28th of 2000. That, I guess, is Bridgeport's official birthday as the Sound Tigers uh, became a franchise in the eyes of the American Hockey League on that day. The AHL awarded a franchise to Bridgeport, Connecticut back then, and During that season, the inaugural season, 2001-2002, there were officially 27 teams in the AHL, and Bridgeport was a part of a five-team East division back then. And, of course, now the AHL ballooning to more than 30 teams. A little bit different this year because of the pandemic and only 28 playing. But uh, back then in that inaugural season, 27 AHL teams. The Sound Tigers a part of that. And now back with Ken Appleby on the Sound Up podcast. And uh, Ken... You you mentioned being a uh, a Maple Leafs fan growing up or living three and a half hours north of uh, Toronto in North Bay, Ontario. We talked with Jakub Skarik on last week's podcast, and he kind of said, you know, over in the Czech Republic, he grew up in a family of athletes, but becoming a hockey player was kind of an accident. He never planned on that, and he never really pursued that until he found out that you know he was he was decent at it and knew if he worked hard enough, he could get to this level. For you growing up in Canada, I mean, was it maybe not something you thought you would do professionally, but you said, okay, I'm going to give this a shot because all my friends are, everybody else I know is playing hockey, so I've got to as well.
1: Yeah, it was, I mean, go, obviously going pro and making it this far was never um, never something I thought I'd be able to attain, like reach and attain. Um, even just playing, uh, you know, junior hockey in the OHL uh, before I signed pro, I, you know, leading up to being drafted, in the OHL, I, I, wasn't even really much aware of it, but, um, it was just something I, I really enjoy. I really loved playing hockey. Um, whether it was, uh, you know, outside at the outdoor rinks with my friends or on teams, um, you know, I was kind of a late bloomer, so I never really was sure how I was going, how, you know, how my career would pan out. Um, but unfortunately I've had some, you know, my parents and very supportive people and very good people to have in my corner, um, coming up, who was able to, you know, get me through those times of a little bit of uncertainty, um, uh, being a late bloomer and help me develop and fill into my body. Cause I grew really fast and I was very skinny when I was young and it was very awkward. So being a goalie when you're six, four, uh, like 170 pounds is can be, can look very awkward at times. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was definitely not something I thought about when I was younger, but, um as you grow up and you plan teams and you know you have good years and whatever you kind of see you're like okay maybe maybe we can go up a level or maybe i'm ready for this
0: and and you know fortunately things have worked out so far did you always want to be a goalie not really no (laughs) Before we started this conversation, you said, you know what, I'm not too much of a weird guy. Like, I'm a pretty normal goalie. Now, that was interesting because usually, you know, the, the goaltenders are, you know, a little bit different. I mean, why would you want to stand in the net and, and have shots just hammered at you and have to just take them? But, I mean, you seem like a pretty normal guy. I'm curious how you ended up between the pipes.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I was a player for quite a while there. I'd, I'd play out and, um, I think if I remember it correctly from what from what I can remember, um I would always skate down and I would stand in front of our goalie because i I never trusted our goalie, so I would try to block the shots for him so then uh, I just remember my dad just recommending why don't you try playing net and i think I think my it was like my first game that I played net, I got a shutout or something like that, of course, and um He's like, oh, maybe this is what you're, you're good at. Destiny, <laughs> yeah. So, so I, as far as I can remember, that's how things played out. Um, but I, I mean, when I go home, I, I love playing out, out uh, like forward and all that, and you know, all positions I kind of enjoy playing. So,
0: sure. Any superstitions?
1: I would say like superstitions. I'd say more so like routines, just that I just like to stick to. I don't do anything crazy where I have to. Uh, do one thing every single time, you know, before games and all that. Um, I think when I was younger, I used to have a lot of superstitions. And then it, I think eventually they just kind of became too much to the point where, you know, if, some, if one thing went wrong, then I was everything was thrown off. So I've, throughout the years, I've kind of learned that you need to, especially playing pro hockey, there's things that happen uh, throughout the year that you need need to be able to adjust to and be ready for. And you, know, you can't have all these superstitions because not everything's going to be going to go perfectly every day. What
0: other goaltenders do you enjoy watching? Ooh.
1: I've, I've been watching a lot of hockey, you know, especially with the quarantine last year. And, um, there, there's a lot of goalies that I do enjoy watching. I love watching Carey Price. Um, Trying to think right now. I, I I've watched uh, a lot of um, Jacob Markstrom in Calgary, um, Philip Grubauer on uh, Colorado.
0: What is it about them? That- that you like. I'm curious. like on my side of things as a, as a guy who has been in broadcasting for many years now and and a play-by-play guy, it's really tough for me to watch a a game on TV now without, you know, listening. Like I can't really watch a game. I have to just always be paying attention to what the announcers are saying. It's just my own little thing for, for a hockey player and more specifically for a goaltender. Can you watch a game without really just, you know, ultra sensitive and detailed on what the, uh, what the, what the goalie's doing?
1: yeah that's I mean that's kind of the opposite for me like I can I can just sit there and watch the goalie himself and not really watch the plays that's going on around him you know I'll, I'll do that sometimes just to just kind of like focus in on what they're doing I like to you know I, I like to look at goalies and kind of try and relate to them um, or see the things that they do and then try them out for myself um you know, if like a guy like, um, like I said, Markstrom on Calgary, he's a very big goalie. And, you know, I consider myself a fairly big goalie myself, being 6'4". Um, and the way that he moves is something that I admire for his size. And, you know, the, you see little things like that. If you see a tall goalie, you want to see how they move or how they do certain things. And then if you watch like a guy like, um, like a Grubauer, obviously is a smaller goalie. And I think Mitch Korn worked with him, actually. Um, yeah. He's a smaller goalie, um, but he moves very well in the net. And it's like, obviously, me being the size I am, it's going to be very hard for me to move as well as he does. But you see something like that, and you're like, well, I really want to try that out, or I'm to try these things and implement that in my game. Um, so, yeah, I just I just like to – Is there, I find that very funny, though, like um, you saying how you just listen to – you have to listen to what the announcers are saying um but i kind of am able to just like blank them out and watch the goalies but there are times though when the announcers um you know being a goalie i'm always biased in my opinion okay. yeah so if the announcers are like giving it to the goalies or something like oh he doesn't know what he's talking <laughs> about <Yeah. laughs>
0: talking with ken appleby here on the sound up podcast ken uh, this this went by so quickly i got time for just a couple more questions and i want to touch on a couple of relationships because the hockey world is full of uh, these you know close connections and more importantly good people and you've played with a couple of really good people over the years that is now kind of circled back to your teammates here with the sound tigers for one the captain of the team right now seth helgeson you're with him in albany what's the dynamic there what do you guys like
1: yeah, I was with Helgi um, my first year, my rookie year. I think maybe my second year. I think he was still there. Um, but, I mean, I I ha- obviously hadn't played with him since then. It's been a while, so it was kind of funny seeing him again um, here. And I was very excited because I just remembered um, – well, I, I was excited when I signed here because I remembered playing with him back in Albany um, that he blocked a lot of shots. Yeah.
0: Makes your job easier.
1: That he was a very goalie friendly type guy. As a goalie, you love those kind of guys. You love to have them on your team. And, um, you know, so uh, I I just, you know, Huggy's an awesome guy. He's definitely deserving of the captaincy, obviously. The guys love him in the dressing room. And and he's just like a a great guy to have around in the dressing room every day. He keeps things light. He jokes around with everyone. Doesn't matter who you are. And I, I remember that from back in the day, and it was funny coming here. I was like, things haven't changed, so it was, it was pretty <laughs> funny.
0: Yeah. And another one, you brought up your time in the OHL prior to turning pro. Uh, you didn't just play for a Memorial Cup-winning team in 2015, but you played very well um, there, too, winning the OHL championship and the, the Memorial Cup with Oshawa. A couple of other guys on that team in 2014-15, I looked it up, Michael Dalcol, who's with the Islanders right now, and Mitch Van Assample, a teammate of yours you know, the more things change, the more they, they circle back and stay the same.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like you said, well, a very small, tight-knit community, and um, it's pretty cool. You know, you after winning a championship like that um, back in junior hockey, and, you know, some guys you may never see again or you might not see that much, uh, everyone kind of moves on to their own teams that they're drafted to or signed with. And then just, you know, coming back full circle and getting, you know, after a few years and getting to play with, guys that you, you know, spent a significant amount of time with and won one together with. It's it's pretty cool to, you know, see where they're at in their careers as well and just come back and like like nothing's changed over the years. You know, we we had a great team back then and uh, you know, obviously with Van and Dal Cole. I haven't seen him yet since being here, but um, you know, we were very close. He when I was in Oshawa, uh Dal Cole lives at a billet family at his house, you know, a couple doors down from me. So we were together quite a bit. And, um, yeah, it was, it, I was very excited to sign here, you know, just knowing that they were in the organization and, and, uh, that, uh, you know, just familiar faces again, it's, it's, it's pretty cool.
0: Ken Appleby and the sound tigers back at it this week, Wednesday and Friday. Uh, You guys are going to see a lot of Hartford coming up, seven of ten games in in April against the Wolfpack, but you got Providence first on Wednesday. Looking forward to it. This was a lot of fun, Ken. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me.